Hey, good morning, everyone. Uh, Mel Gaines with uh, Akron Alliance Fellowship Church. Welcome to another edition of Live Stream Sunday School. Uh, thanks for being here today. We've got uh, a little bit of praise music to get started with to allow people to jump on with us. Uh, we're glad you're here, and we will be uh, playing uh, the Reverend Milton Brunson's Thompson Community Singers, their edition of Safe in His Arms. Uh, it's about a five-minute version. Let's go ahead and get that started. And thanks again for being here. God bless you all. And uh, it's a nice rainy day here in Akron, Ohio, <laughs> in this area. So uh, it's you're safe indoors, safe in his arms. Amen. Hey, Nate, Brother Nate, good morning. Thanks for being here. Hope you're all rested up. Nate and Marnell, good morning. Good morning. Happy Mother's Day. Amen. Time to recover. Good morning, Ann and Larry. God bless you both. Good morning, Angie. Take your allergy meds today. If you haven't taken them now, take them now. Got about another three minutes of music. <laughs> Good morning, Ronnie. Could you do me a favor when you get a chance to hang my coffee mug? I just keep leaving it on the counter. Thank you. <laughs> this might be the most important thing. I had it sitting waiting for me and I just left it on the counter. Thank you very much. Jasper Roscoe, good morning. Good morning, Bev. Roscoe and Arella, good morning. I can't see everyone who gets on necessarily, so uh, big assist to Lynn because she can see things I can't. I don't know why, but I have no idea. But thanks, good morning to everybody. Happy Mother's Day for those who just got on, too. 
Wi-Fi connections too much today. That was a little warm too, so goes wild. Amen. <laughs> That's the Reverend, Reverend Milton Brunson's Thompson Community Singer singing uh, mostly a solo there, but uh, in the midst of that. But Safe in His Arms is the name of the, uh, the song. Thank you, Arlen, for very much for praise music in the morning. Much appreciated. It sets a great tone for Sunday school and being able to uh, just get into the Word, uh, get into what uh, God is having to say today. Um, we have a few announcements, just as a reminder as well, too. It is Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day to you. Um, if you're looking to do a cookout today, it ain't uh, happening. It ain't, it ain't happening. <laughs> Unless you got big carport. It's not going to happen. Uh, the, weather, uh, the weather here in northeast Ohio has been pretty, uh, pretty cold and pretty wet and damp um, for May. Um, but it is, uh, you won't have a cookout today, but perhaps you're taking uh, your mother out, mothers are going out to dinner or something like that, which is probably the order of the day if you can get uh, reservations today. Tough day for that. But having said that, because last year, remember, we didn't have anything like that. We couldn't do it. So it was everybody eating at home, if anything. Um, and you still might do that as well. Uh, but, but in the meantime, let's uh, just get to the announcements. Uh, we... Um, uh, first of all, Pastor Gus will have a message following uh, on the timeline here on the Akron Alliance Fellowship Facebook page timeline. Uh, it is pre-recorded. Uh, it is available for those of you who are not going to church or not able to go to church. Uh, it is a wonderful mothers who teach their children. It is a Mother's Day theme message. It's an excellent message. I invite you to stay online for that and view it. And just as a, a reminder, too, please make sure that you like and comment uh, any of those pre-recorded messages as well, too. Let Pastor Gus know that you're watching and paying attention. We appreciate you doing that. It encourages him. It does encourage him. It's an encouragement to him. He he's Obviously, he's doing it because it's a ministry and it needs to be done. And It's also a good rehearsal, dress rehearsal, for today's message at church, uh, going over the material. But nonetheless, uh, it is all part of ministry. We have people who are looking at our messages and looking on our timeline that are not members of our church. So we need to keep that in mind, too, as we as we uh, do those things. So make sure that you like and comment. We appreciate you doing that. Please remember your tithes and offerings. We uh, 
don't want to ever neglect that. We are still having church and still taking care of responsibilities of the church, including utilities and all those things that uh, churches have to be concerned about, uh, repairs, whatever needs to be done. Uh, the mailing address for mailing your tithes and offerings is Akron Alliance Fellowship, 688 Diagonal Road, Akron, Ohio, 44320. Uh, there will be at church a drop box in the lobby area for your tithes and offerings as well, too. It won't be outside today. It'll be inside the, in the church lobby. If you're going to church today in, in Akron, church service will start at approximately 11 o'clock. Um, please remember to wear your masks. We are still practicing social distancing. Uh, social distancing seating is also still uh, taking place as well, too. And there will be a temperature check at the door for those who are going into the church. Uh, and if you have a fever, you will probably not be allowed to attend. And you can just uh, go back and rest at home and enjoy our message online, which is what we would encourage uh, under, the, under those types of circumstances. And we trust that you'd get better as well, too. Uh, that would be the most important thing. Okay. Those are the most important messages right now. Um, and please remember to, uh, just to uh, reach out to those who you know are not uh, necessarily able to participate in this event. Yeah, tell them, uh, if it's mothers, tell them Happy Mother's Day. Just reach out and, and extend your greetings to them as well, too. Uh, we don't ever want to miss out on making sure that we're uh, communicating with everyone. The lesson today is going to be the last section of the book of Titus, chapter 1. Uh, that is what we'll be covering. Now, just as a heads up for those who are online here, this is not going to be a Mother's Day-themed uh, Sunday school because we're staying in continuity with what the material is all about. And for the most part, it is a very um, somber tone. <laughs> uh, not so much that it, something that it is... is uh, uh, having to do with death or anything like that, but just uh, it's a matter of uh, do, dealing with the continuity of the uh, the lesson. And there is a lesson for all of us here, though, nonetheless, and it doesn't really matter uh, whether if you're your mother or father or anything like that, uh, male or female. It's a very good message uh, for us. Just take it, keep in mind um, how important it is for us as believers in the Lord Jesus Christ to stay focused on the Lord Jesus Christ. We have so many ways that we can be distracted. And we have so many ways that we can be deceived. And it's because we're not prepared, um, perhaps uh, emotionally. We're not prepared because we don't have enough knowledge of the word. We don't, we're not seeking the Lord enough in prayer. And that's kind of be what, going to be what the theme is for today's Sunday School lesson. So again, we're going to just be prayerful right now that uh, we are truly more looking more to him in all things that we're doing right now. I... It's a conviction of mine that we have to stay in the word and stay in the word on a regular basis and surround ourselves by people who are also staying in the word as well, too, staying focused on the Lord Jesus Christ, being prayerful. Prayer is our communication with the Lord. Prayer is our communication with the, the Lord Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit um, sometimes even knows the words that we would like to express, but we don't express them very well. But if we just go to the Lord in prayer, he will hear us, he will understand us, and he will... He'll provide for us exactly what we need to be able to function. Um, so with that in mind, God bless you all for being here this morning. Let's look to the Lord with a word of prayer and we'll get started. Father, we just thank you for this time that you've given us and set aside for us to be able to come to you. And Lord, where more than two are gathered, you are present. And we know that there are more than two gathered here. 
And we just thank you again, Lord, for all that you're doing in our lives, all that you're doing to persevere, help us persevere, help us keep focused on who you are during these very, very strange times that we live in. They are strange times, but Lord, sometimes if we really look at things, because we know that you're working in the midst of all of this, these are also wonderful times. We don't understand everything that's happening. We know that there is sovereignty involved, but we also know that, Lord, you love us and more than we can express in words. And we thank you for that love, and we thank you for that care and concern that you have. And, Lord, all you ask us to do is just come to you, and you will respond, and you will give us what we are looking for. Help us to have that focus and mindset in all things that we're doing right now. Help us to open the book, open your word, and look at what your word has to say. And we thank you for how you teach us, how you encourage us, how you enrich us with your very presence. And we give you all the praise and thanks in Jesus' precious name. Amen. All right, everyone, turn your Bibles and electronic devices to Titus chapter 1. We're going to cover verses 10 through 16 today. Verses 10 through 16. And it's a very, very interesting section um, in this chapter. As you recall, last week, for those of you who are with us, we were focusing mostly on leadership in the church and being a leader and what that entails and what that reminds us of. And it basically involves people in our lives that uh, truly are focused on you, that who are, whoever in leadership in church leadership, elders, uh, uh, teachers, uh, the, the elders of our church, those who are, are even, uh, of course, the ones who are uh, the, uh, the people who are involved with leadership, those are the ones who have a specific calling that they must fulfill and they have to live a certain way because people go by appearances. People go by what they see in, in people who are in leadership. And for that reason, they have to be ready to be able to answer to, with the appropriate teaching, those individuals who they come across within the church, within their midst, within, it doesn't even have to be within the church, people within their, their midst, the people who are surrounding the church when they go to and fro, they've got to be able to address people who are uh, not teaching correctly, not saying what is necessary correctly, not providing uh, people a way to stay focused on the Lord. They'll, they'll just cause distractions, whether it's intentional or unintentional. Uh, because that's why it's important for us to not embellish or take more or put more into the word than what's there or take away from what should be there. So let's look at verses uh, 10 through 16 of Titus chapter 1. And we're going to look at the, this through the New Living Translation. And by the way, a side note on the New Living Translation. Uh, we use this version uh, for reading purposes because it is probably the best uh, version for reading and listening to a passage and many of you may be using your own Bibles, uh, like the English Standard Version, the NIV, whatever it is that you're using. The NLT should be treated as a, as a version where you always want to cross-reference with the version that you're using. Uh, because some people have uh, criticized sometimes that the New Living Translation uh, may take away from the original meaning of what's being said. Well... We've always advocated that you always cross-reference, you always go back and, and look at different passages for what they 
bring to you as far as greater understanding. The, the key here is that you always want to go back to the original intent, and that's why you have to do your own research and do your own study. That's why we, the eye and image is to investigate Scripture, where you're just not satisfied with just one thing. You go back and look at it and learn some more out of it. So that's why we uh, use the NLT is for reading purposes, but it should not be your only primary uh, source when it comes to Scripture. You should be looking at other sources as well, too. And that's, I wanted to add that because I think it's important for us to make sure that that is well known uh, as far as I'm concerned and as far as our church is concerned. Let's start with verse 10. For there are many rebellious people who engage in useless talk and deceive others. This is especially true of those who insist on circumcision for salvation. Verse 11. They must be silenced because they are turning whole families away from the truth by their false teaching. And they do it only for money. Verse 12. Even one of their own men, a prophet from Crete, has said about them, the people of Crete are all liars, cruel animals, and lazy gluttons. Verse 13, this is true. So reprimand them sternly to make them strong in the faith. They must stop listening to Jewish myths and the commands of the people who have turned away from the truth. Verse 15, everything is pure to those whose hearts are pure. But nothing is pure to those who are corrupt and unbelieving, because their minds and consciences are corrupted. Such people claim they know God, but they deny him by the way they live. They are detestable and disobedient, worthless for doing anything good. Okay, that's, <laughs> that's verses 10 through 16 of Titus. And... Believe it or not, there's a lot of material here that is extremely relevant to today. It, it is fascinating how the Lord has shown me, even in uh, the, the passages that we've looked at, which were clearly written for their time. Well, we're referring to, obviously, the people uh, in the church at, that po- at a time where Titus was appointed. And we're looking at the people of Crete. And we're looking at that time frame, but it has so much application to today, it's scary. Yeah, there, there really is. So let's go back and look at verse 10. For there are many rebellious people who engage in useless talk and deceive others. This is especially true of those who insist on circumcision for salvation. Now, he's referring to those people who are uh, theoretically in leadership within the, the church in some way, shape, or form, tiers of leaders will take place in churches and people who will profess to know something or have knowledge of something and they might be appointed to teach. But the problem is is that as they teach, they may start off with sincerity, but it may devolve into something where they clearly are now deviating from the word. And, and that's what we have discussed this before in previous letters written when Paul is speaking of these things. And those who are talking about circumcision for salvation... Those were the Judaizers, those were the Jews um, who taught that Gentiles had to obey all the Jewish laws. Uh, That's essentially what this was before they could become Christians. Remember, the Jewish law, the Mosaic law, was all that was out there uh, prior to Jesus coming. And it wasn't going to be something that was necessarily tossed in the trash can just because Jesus came. Because there were people who understood what it meant to follow Jesus. But there are those who also understood that 
um, they didn't necessarily buy into everything that Jesus was teaching, and so they were going to stick with the old law, and they just were going to go ahead and proclaim, well, you need to be doing these things if you want to call yourself saved. Where Jesus never specified any of that. He never said that. He never made that statement whatsoever. And so what was happening with this teaching, and this was obviously a very prominent teaching because we know it just kept t- taking place over and over again within these different churches, um, it, caught, it would confuse new Christians. It would confuse people. And remember, Jesus has already left. He's already gone. This is all part of the new, uh, the new church, the new, the new situation that's taking place uh, where churches have been planted all over the place. But you've got these people coming around and saying, well, you need to do the old law or, or perform the means of the old law in order for you to get saved. Paul was saying this is an outrage. This is something that should be immediately dealt with in the church. It should not be accepted, and, and with good reason, because it was deceptive. It was keeping people away from focusing on what? Jesus Christ. You're focusing on the law and not Christ, and that's an issue, and that's a problem. Understand that even today, when we talk about individuals who are speaking about truth and proclaiming truth, uh, it may be their own truth. It may not be truth that's based on Scripture. You've got to be well-read. You've got to be focused on what the Scripture says so that you can recognize and discern what is true and what is not true. If you don't do that, you're going to be swept away or you're going to be swept aside. People also will start with the truth of God and twist it to Oh, yes. People, absolutely. And that's what I had mentioned earlier. People will start with the truth. They'll start with what is uh, what is appropriate and, and clear, and that's why you have to stay pay attention to what's being said because you don't just say, oh, that's a cool person because what they're saying is true. They will twist it. They'll modify it uh, for the purposes of their own um, thinking. And look what it says again, verse of all, um, back in verse 11. They must be silenced because, why? They're turning whole families away from the truth by their false teaching. Whole families. Bad news. That's bad stuff. And they do it only for money. And that's really all you need to know here. There are people who will do things for money to get more attention. And they will do it in such a way where they are continuing to cause confusion in our churches. We have a lot of confusion in our churches today. There are only there are very few churches sadly that stay focused on the word in its entirety and make in as far as its true meaning and purpose. And we, we have to we come to that conclusion because, first of all, we're in Satan's domain. We, we understand that Satan is well aware that if you want to get a, a believer off track, get a teacher up there in the pulpit or get somebody up there who doesn't proclaim the word the way they're supposed to. That's all it takes. It doesn't, take, it doesn't have to be anything egregious, but it can be something just enough where it gets people off track and off focus. Um, sadly, there are a lot of people who have been swept aside i'm talking about blacks too i'm not i i know that i just went there but they're swept aside by things like mysticism um trying to you know take some form of a new age religion and making it into something where um there's just all kinds of stuff going on where you're just losing your focus on what the word is saying and you're you're trying to elevate yourself or elevate yourself in the place where you think that uh, because you're doing these things, it's going to make you closer to God. Um, sorry, it's not. It's not going to make you closer to God. If anything, it might push you further away from him. 
because you're not focusing on God's word. You just can't take pieces, parts of the Bible and say, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Christian and then leave off other parts. And uh, when God tells you not to get involved with these things and you, you still do them anyway, you have to be very, very cautious about that. And so I'm, I'm pointing those things out for all of us to make sure that we are focused on the word, focused on the Lord Jesus Christ, focus on the teaching of the Holy Spirit. If you're in the word, the Spirit's going to teach you and give you what you need to know. And that's exactly what we need to understand here. Paul was warning uh, Titus about these people who were causing this dissension in the church. And he had written this letter to several churches to help them understand that Gentile believers did not have to become Jews first in order to be Christians. We know that God accepts anyone and everyone who comes to him in faith. We know this because that's what he tells us. And sometimes it just comes down to doing exactly what God tells us and knowing that that's going to be sufficient for all of us. Turn your Bibles to Romans 7, 10, pardon me, Romans 1, 17. Romans 1, 17. We, it, it's about the people who come to him in faith. It, he, God does not care where you came from, whether you're from Africa or from Europe or from the United States or Canada or any other nation uh, in the, this world. He does not care where you come from. His only condition is that you have faith and believe in him. Romans 1.17 says, For in, in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith for faith, as it is written, the righteous shall live by faith. It's all about faith. Another passage to look at is Galatians 3. Galatians 3, verses 2 through 7. We're going to cover that. And I want you to see what is really, really important here. Faith is something that we need to make sure that we are focused on faith more than anything else when it comes to looking at what's happening in the world today, not being uh, pushed aside by what we see, but rather trusting in the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, who has assured us over and over again he has complete control of the situation. He has, he has been and has shown us that he is in control, and we need to understand those very things. Galatians 3, starting with verse 2. Let me ask you this. This is the English Standard Version, by the way. Let me ask you only this. Did you receive the Spirit by works of the law or by hearing with faith? Are you so foolish, having begun by the Spirit, are you now being perfected by the flesh? Did you suffer so many things in vain, if indeed it was in vain? Does he who supplies the Spirit to you and works miracles among you do so by works of the law or by hearing with faith? Just as Abraham believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness, know that it is those of faith who are the sons of Abraham. Not because of the law. That was a specific part here that was mentioned in verse 5. These miracles, these things that God were doing was not because of the law, not because of that old Mosaic law, not because of those things, but because of faith. Hearing and understanding with faith. That's what's really important for us to see here. And that faith is what carries us through. And so if we continue and look at this further, we understand that the 
Jerusalem Council in Acts 15 had dealt with this very issue. It had nothing to do with uh, following the Mosaic Law. It dealt with the very issue about this, the Judea, Judea, Judaizers, speaking specifically about needing uh, Gentiles needing to become Jews in order to get saved. The council that met there, you have to read Acts 15. This is what I mean about going back and doing your own studying. Go back and look at Acts 15 on your own time after we're, we're done here, and you'll see exactly what I'm referring to, where they had a debate, they discussed it, and these councils that took place were to help people to straighten, you know, straighten out what was being interpreted, what was being said in Scripture. And so these devout Jews who had refused to believe in Jesus still tried to cause problems in the Christian churches. And so what's the motivation? Were they trying to help believers or were they hurting believers because of their lack of faith? That's all you need to know. Honestly, for those who have to embellish or stretch things or change things around for the purposes of either money or maybe it's unintentional, let's, let's say it's unintentional. Um, Paul is putting them out there and saying it is intentional. They're trying to do it for money. They're trying to get attention. And there are many ministries around. You have to be very careful about who you give to because uh, they think that they're the flavor of the day and they want to try to put themselves off as the flavor of the day. Uh, God does not operate that way, and God does not operate in such a way where, you know, hi, I'm the flavor of the day. I am I am who I am. I am not changing. I am ever-present. Uh, there's nothing different about my character. There's nothing different about who I am. That's exactly what we need to be referring to here. So the, the Jewish council, the council that took place in Acts 15, go back and look at that on your own time. But I see it. It's in the timeline. Thank you. And so just make a reference of that. Church leaders have to be alert and take action on anything that divides Christians. That's what we need to see here. Uh, if, if something is wrong, if something is done, you deal with it. You don't let it fester. You don't let people uh, get into uh, small talk with other members and saying, you know, so-and-so said this, but so-and-so is saying this. Are we missing something? Uh, no, you're not necessarily missing something at all. You're, if anything, you need to be very careful about what you're listening to. Um, and so leaders in the church have that responsibility to make sure that nothing goes uh, unchallenged when it comes to incorrect teaching. And let's, let's, forget, let's put aside the motivation aspect of it. Because people are in the flesh, they have motivation to do things that are going to gain more attention. And that's really the sad part of all of this. But notice how Paul is warning us, and as he warned other, te- other uh, churches of the same thing. It's a real thing. It's a real thing to pay attention to. Um, and that's why he's giving that warning and giving that information to Titus as well. Titus has to be a man of character. He has to be a blameless a manager of the church, a person who is in, a, in leadership, uh, taking care of business when it comes to following the Lord and, and sharing his word. He has to be a patient leader too because there's a lot of people there that are going to try his patience because of this um, behavior that is taking place. Paul has warned over and over again in Scripture to be on the lookout for people who teach wrong doctrines and lead others into error. He does that. Um, and, I, and I'll go into that a little bit further on. We get down to the section about <laughs> the people of Crete are all liars uh, and cover that. But I know, right? It's, it's, a very, it's a very, I know where it comes from, so we'll talk about that. Some false, false teachers are simply confused Um, honestly, this is an issue where they need to make sure that you take your opinion out of it. 
we have opinions about every, a lot of different things in life, don't we? We have opinions about politics. We have opinions about uh, how to raise children. We have opinions about, uh, frankly, who are good mothers and who aren't good mothers. And those opinions are all uh, may have some validity to some stretch, but we need to also go back and look at what's the real truth here? What is truth? Um, that's the question that Pontius Pilate asked of Jesus. What is truth? These are the things we need to be focusing on. What is the truth? What are we really looking at here? Um, people do pretend. People do have evil motives, no question. People do try to get more money. Um, people will uh, abuse their power. They will do those things that are in such a way to deceive people uh, for the purposes of trying to gain something. And those people... Uh, those are millstone people as far as I'm concerned. Those are the ones who uh better for them to be uh, thrown in the sea. I mean, because we, when you have someone who is deliberately misusing the word of God and doing so for deceptive purposes and doing so for money, uh, that's reprehensible. There is no excuse for that. And those people should be dealt with very swiftly and severely when it comes to uh, who they are involved with. And it's all the more reason for us as believers just to stay in the word and stay focused on what God is teaching because you are less likely to be deceived uh, and you're more likely to walk away from someone who you know is just deviating off on a path that is just not going to be helpful for you to learn. Jesus and the apostles repeatedly warned against false teachers. Uh, there are a number of passages about that. I'm going to focus on Mark 13:22 right now. Mark 13:22. Face it, everyone. If you see repetition in Scripture about warnings about false teaching, it means it's a real problem because it's dealing with the human condition. The human condition is that the flesh is, would rather be in control than God's word, or you know, and even will squelch. God's promises. The human condition is what we're looking at here. Mark 13, 22. And Jesus, these are Jesus' words uh, where he's looking at this. For false Christs and false prophets will arise and perform signs and wonders to lead astray, if possible, the elect, if possible. Well, if you are the elect, if you are truly a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, that's what it's referring to, the elect, the people who God has sealed and chosen um, because they trusted in him and had faith in him, you've got to keep your eyes focused on Jesus. Keep your eyes focused on Jesus himself because the moment you take your focus off of him, you might have a false prophet or a false teacher who's coming into your midst and will try to lead you astray and give you information and just say say weird things like the Bible isn't true, you know it's been it's been uh, bastardized, it's been rewritten, it's been these different things are being done for the benefit of some secret uh, nefarious group who wants to try to deceive the masses. You know what? That's just it's unnecessary discussion. Um, if you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you have faith in Him and His Word, you're going to trust that what you're reading is truth. And that's the, that's the end all and the be all, honestly. And that's what we need to look at. And there are other passages, Acts 20, 29, 2 Thessalonians 3, uh, chapter 2, verses 3 through 12. You can go back and look at those. 2 Peter 3, verses 3 through 7. Uh, there's many, many different teachings out there, false teachers, 
Um, they attack the foundations of the church, attack the integrity of the church. Um, it, it makes it attacks the it attacks the integrity on what the Christian faith is and how it was built. Remember, Jesus is the cornerstone of our faith. He is the foundation of our faith. He is the firm foundation of our faith. The moment you see Jesus being removed from these discussions, that's the moment where you turn in the other direction and take off. That is it. There is no way that you need to be involved with anybody who is trying to say, well, you know, Jesus is this, and he's cool and all that. He's a prophet, but I got a better way of doing things. Yeah, but, yeah, the moment you hear a but, the moment you hear however, or a nevertheless, any, any type of words like that, which will change the meaning, it goes in a different direction, uh, that is when you need to take off. That's exactly the point. Um, you're going to recognize false teachers because they're going to focus more attention on themselves than Christ. That's the first thing. You're going to recognize a false teacher because they'll ask you to do something that's going to compromise or dilute your faith. You're going to recognize a false teacher because they're going to de-emphasize the divine nature of Christ or the inspiration of the Bible, like I said before. They're going to try and de-emphasize those things. That's a false teacher. And you're also going to recognize a false teacher because it's going to urge believers to make decisions based more and more on human judgment than prayer and biblical guidelines. That is a false, those are all signs that you're up, up with a false teacher. I am very, very proud to announce that Akron Alliance Fellowship is a place where you're going to get nothing but the word, the word and nothing but the word and the truth. And there's no false teaching. Now, let's clarify something. People make mistakes. There may be a mistake made uh, where something is, when you're doing, it's, you have to be very careful when you're doing teaching of all kinds because people can make mistakes. And they'll say something that may not be necessarily proper or appropriate. Well, you give that person a chance to make a correction and, and say, you know what, this was wrong. This is what the actual truth is. In other words, you don't throw the baby out with the bathwater and say, well, because you made a mistake, that's a false teacher. Well, that's, that's not false teaching at all. False teaching is a consistent endeavor to deceive people. That's what it is. It's consistent. It's something that happens um, all the time for people who are false. They, you'll see a consistent message that takes you away from Christ. But, you know, I've made mistakes before, you know, and I go back and try to correct them. Uh, you, you just do that. And, and I can speak for Pastor Gus. He's done the same thing. And he said, you know, this was, should have been done this way or should have been said this way. And people all understand and get that because guess what? We all make mistakes. We all make mistakes in even people who are involved in leadership make mistakes. And you acknowledge those mistakes. And that's what it means about being humble, about being gracious about being teachable, because everybody needs to be teachable. The moment you are not teachable as a believer or as a leader, then you've got serious troubles. And I'm saying that with all due respect to everybody who's in leadership. You, if you're not a teachable leader, then you're in trouble. Uh, and you're in trouble, and so are the people who are following you. They're in trouble, too, because they need to see a humble leader who is willing to acknowledge when mistakes are made. So that's, I wanted to cover that, and that's essentially the, the, the last section here, the, the section verses 10 through 14. But we're going to go back to verse 12, Titus chapter 1, verse 12. Um, yeah, go back to that, Titus 1, 12. Even one of their own men, a prophet from Crete, 
has said about them, the people of Crete are all liars, <laughs> cruel animals, and lazy gluttons. And then you got, this is true in verse 13. So reprimand them sternly to make them strong in the faith. Now, where is Paul pulling this from? This is a very interesting uh, aspect of why the Bible is historical in nature. Because we need to understand that Paul is referring to someone in, uh, who is a, a Greek poet and philosopher. And he's one of those kind of legends. Uh, it's, his name is Epim Epimenides. Epimenides. Don't say that too fast. You might stumble and fall down. Epimenides. He, is a, he was a poet and a philosopher who lived in Crete about 600 years earlier, prior to the writing uh, of this letter. And depending upon where you go and look and do research about Epimenides, he's a, he was a real person. He was a quasi-real person. Um, he was a person of thought, for sure. But he did write a poem, and it was a poem that, and that essentially this part about the people of Crete are all liars, he was quoting the, the line from that poem that Epimenides wrote. And notice how we're talking about a poet and a philosopher. You know, philosophy is very important when it comes to making connections sometimes to Scripture because um, some of these people that are writing here, they're well-studied, they're well-taught, and they would know about Greek philosophy. They would know about philosophy in general, okay? So uh, these are things that we are, are looking at here. And so when Paul is writing this letter, he's talking about Cretans, well, the reason why he said that in the passage is because he said some Cretans had a very bad reputation and they were known for lying. And Paul used this very familiar phrase because it's familiar not just for Paul, but for others who are familiar with this philosopher. And he was making the point that Titus's ministry and leadership were very much needed in that region. Um, and the, the irony of, of this whole thing about Epimenides he was a Cretan himself. <laughs> so there's a paradox that you actually read about if you go back and study this where he is saying, you know, I'm a Cretan, but I'm calling myself a liar. <laughs> so that's what that's the funny thing about this. So he's talking about um, Epimenides is actually using about talking about the character <laughs> of Cretans themselves. And and so you'll actually see Epimenides' paradox, um, the paradox of liars. Uh, is referred to when you look at this particular uh, section. Um, that's why you got to go back. You're you're really missing out if you don't go back and look at some of the reasoning behind what you're you're looking at here when you're reading it. Because if you go by this and you say, "Who is Epimenides?" And, you know, um, the people of Crete are all liars. Who are the, Who is this guy? You know. But you got to go back and look at this stuff and see where the relevance is. The relevance is is that Paul is giving instruction to Titus to say. These guys have a, a bad character, and they need to be dealt with, and you need to deal with them and be prepared to deal with them by knowing who you're dealing with. So that's exactly why this was being done. So I hope you got something out of that, and now you learned something that you didn't know before about Epimenides, a poet and a philosopher who called himself a liar <laughs> because he was a Cretan. <laughs> so, so that's pretty interesting in itself, I know. But life is full of certain ironies. <laughs> so, okay, so let's go further in the passage here. Um, 
Okay, reprimand them sternly to make sure they're strong in the faith. In verse 14, they must stop listening to Jewish myths and the commands of people who have turned away from the truth. How important is that? Stop listening. Stop listening to people who are wrong. Stop listening to people who are not teaching you correctly. That's what we have to do. If we're not doing that, then shame on us. You know, what do you, what's the saying? You know, fool me once, shame on you. you. Mm-hmm. Fool me twice, shame on me. It comes right back to you. You you need to make sure that you're taking a walk when it comes to false teaching. And that applies to everybody. Um, I would like to believe that you're testing out what's being said. You're you're going back and looking at scripture yourself and making sure that what you're uh, you're reading and understanding is true because that's your responsibility. It's not my responsibility to go to your house, open your Bible and say sit down and read this or take a look at this and study this. That's not my responsibility. That's your responsibility. It the responsibility you are free in Christ. Amen. You are free in Christ to do whatever you want to do, but Ultimately, what it comes down to is that if you really want to follow the Lord Jesus Christ closely, you have to go and study and look on your own and use your own study time. Are you, are you using your daily Bible studies to go back and look at what the Word is saying? Are you focusing on those very things? That's what that daily Bible study is. The time you're spending is good. And understand something that you, you, you must go back and see, see the good in people for sure as believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, but you also need to be wary of those who try to deceive you. And that's really all that's being said here by Paul when talking, speaking with Titus. So let's go now to the last section here, which ends in a more positive note. Uh, it still calls attention to those people who are corrupt, of course. <laughs> You've got to keep that going because that's important for us to see too. Uh, verse 15, back in Titus chapter 1, everything is pure to those whose hearts are pure. This is what we need to see. Everything is pure to those whose hearts are pure. So that we'll look at. Um, well, let's take a look at Philippians 4.8. I'm going to jump around a little bit. Uh, Philippians 4.8. The focus of, for all believers needs to make sure that they are doing things that are pure and focusing on those things that are pure. And so that everything is pure to those whose hearts are pure. If your heart is pure, you'll be doing the very things that are spoken of here in Philippians 4.8 which is a passage that we have seen before. But if, you, if you're focusing on these things, guess what? You don't have time to focus on the garbage. It says in Philippians 4, 8, English Standard Version, Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, let's take our time going through this, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any ex- excellence, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. You, if you're doing that, if you have a pure heart, you don't have time for somebody to mess you up and give you bad information. You won't have any, and you won't have any time to do anything other than just focus on the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what all these things represent. Jesus Christ. All of those things are characters, character traits of Jesus. And that's what we need to be focusing on in our faith. And let's finish the last part of verse 15, though, just as a reminder. But nothing is pure to those who are corrupt and unbelieving because their minds and consciences are corrupted. 
their minds and consciences are corrupted. Uh, if you're corrupted, obviously it would require you to do what? Humble yourself and ask for God's com- uh, forgiveness. And then immediately you are washed clean. But your heart and your mind are so corrupted, you have no desire to seek after Jesus' forgiveness. And so that's what we need to see here about those who are teaching and teaching improperly. Um, some people see good all around them and others see nothing but evil. Well, we, we have filters, don't we? We have filters where we allow good in and keep bad out, but others will have filters that allow corruption in and keep out the good, which is exactly the opposite. So these are things we need to focus on as we're looking at what this passage is saying here. We need to understand that corrupt and unbelieving people they have nothing good for you whatsoever. They're evil in everything. Their minds and their hearts color even the good that they see and hear, and they'll turn it into something that's bad. Those are dreadful people. Perhaps you've been around someone like that where everything is negative, everything is bad. Um, they, they find excuses to not go uh, to church or listen to someone's good word or words of encouragement. And um, uh, thank you for that note. The Holy Spirit needs to be your filter. That The Holy Spirit is the one who helps you to discern what is good, what is right, what is true, those honorable things, those things that are commendable, and it will filter out or it's help you to even recognize and take out of your life those things that are corruptible, which requires what? A change in your own life. It's very easy to point fingers at other people, but we need to understand that sometimes the Holy Spirit needs to point the finger right back at you and make sure that you're focusing on those things that are not corrupting you because that takes away from your focus on being obedient to the Lord. If you're focusing on yourself, you're probably thinking about sinning or something. Amen? And you're probably thinking about doing something that's going to transgress against the Lord. So you need to focus on those things that are true and righteous. And understand that if you're turning your thoughts to God and his word, he's going to help you with this. He's going to give you a way for you to discover more and more goodness. He's going to recognize when you're getting a blessing and you'll see the blessing. You know, people who are so corrupted have been blessed and don't even know it. They don't see it. Because they are so focused on the negative. They're so focused on those things that are negative. And I'm not saying this because uh, I I'm, want you to be like a uh, so-called goody two-shoes or somebody who's uh, truly you know, looking at just good things and not bad things. I want you to be able to discern all of these things. You need to recognize what's bad. That's the whole point of this conversation that Paul is having with Titus. You need to be able to see what's bad to be able to correct it. And so you need to understand that it's not just all good. You're going to experience all kinds of things because, we're in, number one, we're in the flesh. And we're dealing with fleshly people. But you have to be able to discern and know what's truth and address it that way. Remember Philippians 4.8. Remember that passage as we look at this further. And then verse 16, back in Titus 1, and we're going to close out. Such people claim they know God but they deny him by the way they live. The evidence is in how you live. We, we've seen that in the book of James. Uh, another study that we're doing is in the book of James. It's, it's about, um, you understand that you have to have faith, but it also comes by what your actions are that express your faith. 
Why? Because people see what your behaviors are. That was the whole emphasis early on in Titus chapter 1 about people needing to see a church leader be blameless, be a person who truly is responsible and living in that way. So what Paul is saying here at the end, such people claim they know God, but they deny him by the way they live. They are detestable and disobedient, worthless for doing anything good. Take a look at 1 John chapter 2 real quick, and we're going to close out. I emphasize, I underline that. 1 John 2, verses 4 through 6. And I love 1 John, by the way. 1 John is one of those letters that you read that tells it like it is, speaks out the truth. Um, I love how it says in 1 John chapter 4, verse 8, that God is love. And and that's it. it just speaks the truth. But look at what it says here in this passage, because you need to understand why we must uh, express ourselves and conduct ourselves in the way we believe. 1 John 2, 4. Whoever says, I know him, in quotes, but does not keep his commands is a liar. And the truth is not in him. Well, that's just telling it like it is, isn't it? He's a liar. Um, Verse 5. But whoever keeps his word, in him truly the love of God is perfected. By this we may know that we are in him. Whoever says he abides in him ought to walk in the same way in which he walked. There it is. It's truth. It's truth being expressed. Um, There are people out there who are going to lie about their faith. No question about it. And they're going to be held accountable for it. Um, And we do have to go out of our way sometimes and look for the good. Because sometimes we're just not surrounded by good things. But go out and look for the good. Look for the good, and but also look at, as you're looking for the good, ask the Lord some tough questions about where you are right now. Are you truly focusing on him and what is good? Are there things in your life that need correction and to be dealt with as well, too? Because it's one thing for us to talk about avoid this, avoid that, stay away from those other people, but unless we are truly seeking the Lord ourselves and focusing on what is good and true in our own lives, then we are the worst of hypocrites. And we need to understand that. So I hope that you take this lesson being mindful that, yes, we need to be mindful of those who are false teachers, but we also need to make sure that we're doing everything we can to continue to grow and allow the Holy Spirit to sanctify us uh, with his truth and keep us growing in that direction. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you for this time that you've set aside for us once again to Help us to discover truth. Lord, we just thank you for all that you're doing for us and all that you continue to do. And Lord, we thank you for the richness of these passages. We thank you for how you show us the relevance to today, even though this was written many years ago. Uh, We see how this transcends time because we are dealing with people just like this in our lives today. People that we encounter, people we see on television, people that we may see Uh, about out and about we just thank you for how you just show us frankly that we are dealing with the human condition in many cases people who are just fleshly and lord we want to rise above that we want to be much greater than that but we need you and the power of the holy spirit to help us in this endeavor we thank you for all that you're doing for us and all that you continue to do bless us the lord and teach us give us the eyes to be able to see and know what is truth and what we should disdain and run away from. 
And we give you praise and thanks for all of these things. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Thank you so much for joining us, everyone. Uh, I'm prayerful that this was a really important passage, important message for all of us. Um, There was some humor in it, no doubt about it, but there's a lot here that we need to see where we need to understand that we are dealing with flesh in many cases, but we need to allow the Spirit to overcome that flesh and speak truth to us and help us along day by day. God bless you all. You take care of yourselves. Have a wonderful Mother's Day. Make the most of it. Don't let the weather get you down. Just stay positive and focus on the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. You guys take care of yourselves, and we'll see you next time.